0: and thank you young for asking me to speak at this meeting i love this meeting uh i love aa but i especially love this meeting because i love uh i love um meetings that that talk about the solution all the solution based meetings because that's that's why i'm here all of my old ideas aren't going to work and i'm and i hate to say but your old ideas aren't going to work for me either <laughs> <laughs> I need uh, all the ideas that, that, that I have, I have uh, gotten from, from the big book of, of Alcoholics Anonymous, the 12 and 12, that they're, they're spiritual ideas. And um, none of my old ideas thought that, that the solution to my troubles was spiritual. In fact, my old ideas actually thought that if I quit drinking alcohol, that all my problems would go away. I didn't even know that alcohol was my solution, not the problem, that my problem was my thinking. And, um, uh, that this, that all, of uh, that my disease, it, it, it's in the, uh, it's in my mind. It's a, it's a mind power disease. It centers in my mind. And, uh, I had that, that all of those mental twists and, and, uh, you know why I started drinking probably for the same reason most of you if not all of you did I I liked the effect I liked that that it took me away from me it got me out of me it made me into a superhero I was lovable I was cute I was smart I was funny and um I didn't care if you liked me Because I loved me. I mean, it was just I didn't realize how self-centered alcohol made me, but it really made me self-centered. And um, and uh, before I started drinking, I was uncomfortable in my own skin. I was full of fear. Uh, I, I, you know, I. I wanted to impress everybody. I wanted everybody to love me, but I didn't believe I was lovable. So as I said, when I had when I started drinking, all of that changed, all of that got put aside, and I became that that lovable, wonderful person I'd always wanted to be. And uh my best friend was alcohol. My biggest love. So I didn't really need you. I mean, it was great. It was great when you were around to love me, to give me things, to give me more alcohol. But uh, I didn't realize all of that was uh, self centered and selfish. You see, alcohol brought me uh, ease and comfort, but I was emotionally immature. I didn't know that until I became sober and I learned more about what is alcoholism and what is ego. I'm mean, emotionally immature. And and each year I, I continued to drink, I became more and more emotionally immature. And I didn't I didn't even realize it until I stopped drinking. Um <laughs> I, I, I laughed because uh man. It's amazing how how my, my disease and my ego can hide from me because it's in my subconscious. It, it hid from me because consciously, I thought I was just the nicest person on earth. I thought I didn't do any wrong. Even when I when I first got sober, I thought, I don't understand. I'm the nicest girl in the world. I don't do anything wrong because all of that was hiding underneath the surface. But, but, uh, but, you know, I, if there's any newcomers here, don't worry about it. You, you, you'll you find out soon enough that that alcohol is not your problem right now. Just don't drink, just don't drink. That's all I got to say. When I first got sober, it was all about me just not drinking. Um, also, I got, I got sober December 25th, uh, Nineteen ninety. So I just had a I just had a a, a sober birthday, and of a, a thirty three years. And I don't say that because I, I've got you know I'm superior to you. I'm not superior to you. Um, all I've got is today, just like you. And it all depends on what I do with this day. You see, because if I don't put my recovery first, if I don't follow these simple directions i'm going to be an untreated alcoholism and and so every day i must follow these simple directions laid out beautifully in this big book and thankfully i had a, a, i had a lot of people helping me go through this book and and to see the direction i needed to take and to keep it simple because you see, <clears throat> I, I went. My home group is called Primetime. It, it's out of Los Angeles. I got sober in Los Angeles, California. But I didn't until I went to Primetime. I didn't really understand all of this stuff, especially, especially what was read today, which I. Made a photocopy of it so I could read it and, and talk about about what uh, what it says here um, that I had to stop playing God. That's a simple sentence. It didn't work. Another simple sentence. but what does it mean? How am I playing God? How am I going to see this stuff? You see I could read this stuff when I first got sober. It's like, okay, I'll stop playing God. No problem. Next. But I didn't even know how I was playing God. And uh I didn't know how it didn't work. It took me a while. So so if there are newcomers, be be gentle with yourself. Because this stuff it makes no to me it made no sense at first. I had to experience what it meant. I had to go deeper that's where prime time, going to the primetime meetings really helped me. What is alcoholism? How does it function? Well, without alcohol, I'm irritable, restless, discontented, fault-finding, blaming others, thinking I'm superior, feeling inferior, not knowing, a uh, full of fear, full of fear, doubts and worries. I didn't realize all of that was, was me wanting that I was living an unsatisfied life and I needed you to serve me. I needed you to make me feel better. I needed you to give me something so that I would be happy. I would be complete. Sometimes I didn't even know what that was, but it was always your fault. And, um, and I, I also in, in my primetime uh, program uh, format meeting, we 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 read the uh, Tebow papers. And I don't know if anybody knows. I'll just tell you quickly. Dr. Tebow was a psychiatrist. That when uh, when Bill was sending out the the pre-publication uh, copies of, of the big book, he was sending them to a bunch of psychiatrists and spiritual people and dr tebow was one of the people that got one of one of these copies and um he he was delighted and he, so he started coming to aa and i believe i'm when it was the year the big book came out 1939 something like that but tebow uh made friends with bill and bill became one of his patients and he started he was a uh, he was uh, became a member of of AA by proxy. He wasn't an alcoholic, but man, he just loved this program, because science, you know, all all his training, all everything he knew was not keeping the alcoholic sober. He was baffled until he he read this big book and he started studying us as as uh, alcoholics and what what made us tick, what made us different and he realized it, it it was it was uh he one of the sections is called the ego factors versus surrender because um the thing Thibault wrote about was was that what what part of the alcoholic must surrender to stay sober and it's the ego and um <clears throat> He believed that we could we could build a new a a new as we build this new character along spiritual lines that we can build a new ego with that character and not go to the ego that that's in my alcoholic side of of my mind. You see, I I don't know about you, but I know that we 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 all have a negative mind and we all have a positive mind. Well, I'm building a new character in my positive mind because my alcohol alcoholism and my ego uh infantile ego lives in my negative mind so so when when i talk about these these two different minds that's what i'm talking about there's the there's the the let's just call it uh my ego and my alcoholism has its throne in the negative area because it's a power and it wants to run my life and then and then, my higher power uh doesn't even need a throne; it just lives in in a humble part of a positive way of life, so anyway, sorry, I got off track there but but um, Dr. Thibault wrote these papers, and he was writing about how how uh alcoholics are defiant, grandiose, yes, I am, how um. I, I have the characteristics of a child. I never grew out of it. And what does that mean? That means that I think the world revolves around me. Yes, I do. I, I'm easily frustrated. I let everybody know. Yes, I turn into a baby and throw a little tantrum if I don't get my way. Yes, I do. And I'm always in a hurry. I don't like the word no and do not stop me. Give me what I want and give it to me now. And yes, that's me. You know, in the line at the supermarket, they're not the checkout lady. She's not fast enough. There's too many people in front of me. That person in front of me has too many people in their baskets. You know, I'm the authority. This is me in untreated alcoholism. I'm the authority for everybody in everybody's life and how they should do things. I think I know everything. And this is the self-talk that goes on constantly in untreated alcoholism, telling me how the world of his people should act and be and how they should treat me. And and that's that's, that's a nonstop dialogue of self-talk that in untreated alcoholism, I suffer from. I'm a big shot. But then it but then if I have too many things in my cart, I do I, I don't care. I don't care. You know, let me in front of you. Hurry up, everybody. I'm in a hurry. Well, when I start noticing all these things in my real life, and when I start realizing that I need to be in a spiritual life and I need to be with my higher power, and I hear my mind telling me this. I always love talking to God and go, God, you know what? My mind just told me I'm in a hurry. I'm not in a hurry. I have nothing to do. I have nowhere to go. So I get to laugh with my higher power and see where my mind lies to me all the time. It's always uh, up in a drama. It always wants to feel important. It always wants you to be thinking about me as if I'm not thinking about me enough. So, so on and on. And all of this is ego, because I'm the most important person not just in the room, but in the world. And that if everybody did what I thought they should do, the world will be a better place. Now, for the newcomers, I don't know if you've even experienced this yet, because I know when I when I when I was new, I when I hit bottom. I had that pink cloud thing, and 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 I love it, you know, because I've heard Young talk about how he still has his pink cloud, and I love you for that, and you know what, the pink cloud can come back, it just depends on if, if I'm in untreated alcoholism or treated alcoholism, when I'm in, when I'm treated, I'm on a pink cloud all the time, so, you know, that, that there it is, but but when I first got sober, the pink clown sunk, and I didn't know why. Except that when I started feeling better, I got a few days, maybe a couple of weeks, maybe even a month under my belt. I started feeling better. I started feeling like I could run the show again. You see, that's what I was talking about. I have to stop playing God. I thought. I could run the show, even though me running the show showed me that the that the only place I could go was to AA and that I needed other people's help. But suddenly, my mind starts telling me I can run the show again. And I start finding fault with the AA meetings. I start finding fault with you guys. I start finding fault with everything. And one thing that the the founder of, of Primetime Always said it's not the world and its people it's what my mind tells me about the world and its people and when I'm in untreated alcoholism, my mind can find fault with everything. I mean, I can look outside the sky in Berlin is not blue right now, but i don't feel I don't feel uh betrayed by that, but on the days it is blue. If I'm in untreated alcoholism, my my untreated alcoholism self-talk will tell me it's not the right shade of blue. Once again, me trying to play God. I think I know what color the sky should be. And these are all just little things that I watch for constantly. And that's another thing about watching the words in the book. The word constantly means moment to moment to moment to moment. You know, somewhere I think it's at the bottom of 87, it tells me I constantly remind myself I'm no longer in charge. So it's teaching me not to pray in the morning, pray at night. It's teaching me to constantly stay in contact with that power greater than me. Now, I wasn't even convinced about that newcomers. I wasn't convinced that I was ready to try these new things, but I had that gift of desperation because I was not happy, joyous, and free. And when I started paying attention to what my mind was telling me and how I was feeling when my mind told me things and how insecure I felt, even though I felt superior, that that, that it was it that I was insane. Whoa, that that talked that sends me over to step two, I believe. I also want to bring up uh a, a quick a quick term that Sigmund Freud used about the ego, uh, because of the, the characteristic of the child that I brought into adulthood is is the uh Her Majesty the baby. And, and that is exactly what I am. I'm her majesty, the baby. I want everything my way all the time. If you don't give me my way, I'm, boy, you're going to make, off with your head, you're going to make it on my resentment list, which brings me to this. Every When I, when I've done, when I've done my four steps, my resentments, uh, when I finally got enough understanding in, in, in how my, my disease works and, and everything. And now when I look back, I can see that the only time I've ever had a resentment is when I didn't get my way. When somebody didn't do something the way I thought they should do it, or they did not treat me the same way, or they, they did not bow down to her highness. They totally ignored me. And the thing is, that's me also playing God because I think everybody should serve me, me, me. It's all about me. In fact, I want to go ahead and read this real quick because uh, what really helped me see uh, part part of how I was playing God and to open my eyes to it was that part on page 60 to 61 where it talks about the actor. And when I read it in the I form, it changed it because it made it about me. I'm just going to read that quickly. And it says, I'm, I'm an actor who wants to run the whole show. That run the whole show means playing God, okay? I'm forever trying to arrange the lights, the ballet, the scenery, and the rest of the players in my own way. In other words, I'm trying to get my way and I'm trying to change you to, to please me. I, I can't just accept you how you are. You have to please me. That—that That is your purpose on the planet in, in my egoic mind, okay? If my arrangement would only stay put, if only people would do as I wished, the show would be great. Everybody, including myself, would be pleased. Life would be wonderful. In trying to make these arrangements I may sometimes be quite virtuous. I may be kind, considerate, patient, generous, even modest and self-sacrificing. I'm a self-seeker. I want something out of the deal. I can't just be kind to be kind. I want something out of the deal. Now, if you don't give it to me, here's how I act. But, as with most humans, I may be more likely, What? To, wait, I, I missed it. On the other hand, if you don't give me what I want, I may be mean, egotistical, selfish, and dishonest. And you bet you're going to make it onto my resentment list. But, as with most humans, I'm more likely to have varied traits. And what usually happens, the show doesn't come off very well. I begin to think life doesn't treat me right. Blaming others, blaming others is because you didn't do what I wanted to do. And that's why I'm miserable. You are the cause of my depression. It's all you. Uh, I decide to exert myself more. I become on the next occasion still more demanding or gracious as the case may be. I can't see. I'm demanding. I'm demanding. I'm putting demands on you to please me. And then I wonder why, you know, why why people get upset with me? I don't understand. You know, that's just a, I'm so blind to it that that I'm I'm a self-seeker and I want you. I'm selfish, I'm 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 self-centered, I'm a self-seeker. I I need you to approve of me and to and to do what I want for me to be happy. I think, and then of course, if you do it, I think you're a I think you're a fool, and I throw you away because I I, I think. Well, look, I duped them, you know. Um, so it says here. Uh, still the play does not suit me. Admitting I may be somewhat at fault, I'm sure that other people are more to blame. I become angry, indignant, self-pitying at you. What is my basic trouble? Am I not really a self-seeker? Yes, I am. Even when trying to be kind? Yes, I am. Am I not a victim of the delusion? That I can wrest satisfaction and happiness out of this world if I only manage well. Is it not evident to all the rest of the players that they these are the things I want? Yes, it is. Um, and do not his my actions make each of them wish to retaliate, snatching all they can get out of the show. And then I think they're being selfish. <laughs> am i not even in my best moments a producer of confusion rather than harmony i am self-centered and egocentric now all of that that's a really hard nut to swallow really unless unless i can be completely honest with myself and i can completely see that that the whole the whole uh object of this program is to stop playing God because it doesn't work and it says later in that reading that most good ideas are simple and that it's the keystone to which we're going to build this whole foundation on is keeping it simple now not playing God because it doesn't work to me that what didn't seem simple at all but but the thing is, um it did open my mind to a new way of life and, and to step two, because I realized that when when I was trying to get my way and it was all about me and that I took everything personally. And but you see, I had to be sober to start noticing all of this stuff. And and that I that you weren't suffering from my resentments. I was suffering from my resentments. I start, I start seeing all this because I start watching my mind and I start watching my little feelings. I always like to say alcoholics are famous for saying that they're so sensitive. Well, you know what? I found out that, that everyone in the world is sensitive, but am I sensitive to their feelings? Am I sensitive to their feelings or am I just sensitive to my little feelings. You know, it's a two-way street. Do I like people that are judgmental, self-centered, angry, self-pitying, jealous, uh, want their own way, controlling, complaining, um, criticizing? Do I do I like it when people do that? No. Uh do I do all of those things? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and i laugh because i have to start seeing i don't run the show it's not all about me i can't tell you what to do in fact i'm so happy now that i i i can accept these things I don't want to tell you what to do. I mean, sure, I want to, but I'll catch it because I'll see I want to tell. And I went, wait a minute, let's see what they do first before I tell them what to do. They don't have to do what I say, you know, or think. My ideas aren't always better. And I start seeing all this stuff. And 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 so, and so I start noticing this stuff because a lot of people go, how do you know you're When you're with your higher power and not with your ego. Well, that's a great question. And I used to ask that one all the time. Because um, it does take a while to start determining that. Because it, it takes a while. I can't change overnight. I have been going to the power of me my whole life. Then I get sober. And then they tell me in step two that there's a there's a power greater than me that can return me to sanity. And I and it tells me I need to rightly relate myself to this power, which I learned in my primetime group that that a way to do this was to treat it like like I would treat a new uh, a human that I would want to get to know that I spend time with it. I, I talk to it. I make friends with it. I, I even get to the point where I can trust it and rely on it. And so that that's that's the way I I uh, learned to rightly relate myself to this power greater than me. Because, you know, I can't pray in the morning and pray at night. I have to constantly remind myself, I'm no longer in charge. I have to constantly stay, talk to this power greater than me. And it took a while to, to build that habit because I was either listening to myself talk of of the power of me, or once I started learning to pay attention to that, and and that's what I learned, ah, I'm with my disease of alcoholism and my egoic thinking, especially, uh, it really teaches me in the big book that all my troubles were of my own making. And I had to start seeing that because that, that was another tough nut. You know, there's a lot of tough nuts in this book that to swallow. And the thing is, it takes a while for me. But, but you know, as bow said, I'm always in a hurry. I had to learn to slow down. And the only way I could slow down is with a power greater than myself. Because I start, I learned to start asking questions. What my mind just told me, is that true? And I asked my higher power, is that true? What my mind, I'll never forget the first time I did a kind act. And, and I, um, because it told me that, that I used to make decisions based on self that, that started the trouble rolling. Well, that was one thing. And I went, what does that mean? I started asking myself better questions. What does that mean? And I realized what that meant at one time when, when I was going to do a kind act for somebody. And I asked myself, do I want anything out of the deal? And the answer was no. I was just like, yes, progress, not perfection. I can't believe I'm finally going to do something kind and I don't want anything in return. I almost started crying because it's, it's those little moments like that when I realize I am building a new character along spiritual lines and the thing is, it's like I don't know how many minutes I, I have left, but I'm I'm just gonna I hope someone's gonna give me a, a five minute warning. Uh but uh do you know how many minutes I have left, Sky? Five minutes? Oh great. That did, did I I know I've been jumping around a lot and and you may need some glue and a puzzle board to put it all together. But uh, <laughs> but I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna spend the last few minutes talking about what has happened because I have put put these um, these principles and and these steps into action as a way of life. The more I talk, just like when you meet a human, the more I talk to this higher power, the more I got to know it. The more I began to trust it the more I got to see what it was made of, the more I realized I wanted to be just like that higher power. The more I realized that became my best friend. We're like Siamese twins now. That is my number one teacher. I ask my higher power every day, can you teach me to be more like you? You see, because I before I started building this new character with this power greater than me, I was living in my, the character I brought in, which was in my alcoholic and my egoic thinking. I was, I was living off character defects. I didn't know how to be kind without self-seeking. I didn't know how to be loving, honest, uh, compassionate, understanding. I didn't know how to comfort you. I didn't know how to forgive you until I, this higher powers t- taught me this and continues to teach me how to do this on a daily basis and step 10 really enables me to do this because the step 10 is such a small little paragraph but it, it incorporates step four through nine, because you see, I'm already practicing one, two, three every day, because I can't do the rest of the steps without my higher power guiding me and being there with me to show me the truth, to show me the facts. And so Step four through nine is in that little paragraph of step 10, where I'm watching my mind. I'm watching to see if these things crop up. It tells me that they will when they crop up, like like all of my character defects, my fears, my dishonesty, all of that. When that starts cropping up, I watch it. I see it. I turn immediately to my higher power and ask my higher power to remove that. You know, some people say pause and and pause is great because when I pause, that means I've stopped. I put on that emergency brake. Boom. I'm with the wrong power. I need to readjust my attention to the power greater than me and ask it to remove that defect in this moment. Because I don't want to be that woman anymore. I don't want to live in that defect anymore. And if I didn't catch that defect and I need to make it amends because I was a poophead, I make it amends immediately. I don't want to carry any of this around anymore and and the thing is and then i go out and i help someone else i get out of me it's not all about me and what i need and what i want and i do this they call that the spot check inventory and, and for me it goes moment to moment to moment to moment all the way up until i do my nightly review and my nightly review is great because god's doing it with me and i and i like to add to my nightly review that that uh I, I like to ask my higher power if I violated any of the five C's. You know that the that the, the and did I criticize, complain, uh, compete, control, and there's one more I can't think of right now because I'm human and I'm not perfect, and I never will be, and and so what I want to say is building this new character. I ask my higher power to help me not use those character defects. And use those spheres and use I give them all to my higher power. And uh this, this program, if you go through each step, I mean I wish I had talked to all of them, because you know, six and seven, that's where I'm 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 like, God, please, please, uh, you're in charge. I'm not in charge. You see, it takes a while to 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 give up my uh reliance on, on myself and, and humans. Uh, and to give it to a higher power. But my higher power brings me so much joy, never yells at me, never judges me. It doesn't have character defects. It, it's so loving and kind to me. And it it, it, it talks to me in such a, a, a nice, a calming voice to where I listen to it. And boy, when I saw that, I went, God, can you teach me how to talk to others like that? Can you teach me to talk to myself like that? Because you see, my self-talk just doesn't talk mean about you. It talks mean to me. It tells me I'm not enough. You know, And the thing is, my, my character defects have me talk to you with self-righteous anger. And I don't want to be that woman anymore. It doesn't feel good. It feels good. I get the ease and comfort. I, I desire with emotional sobriety and, and emotional maturity with a higher power that has become my, my mentor, my best friend, my Siamese twin, that I go to for all my answers that brings me the comfort and grits me through any, any bump in the road in life with grace and dignity and not drama and fear. So that's what I have to say. Oh, I want to put a PS on that. I have I have been hitting this. I have been a little emotionally challenged lately. So I want to let, I, I just want this to be proof to you that doing things I learned in AA, showing up even though I don't feel good, it doesn't matter. In AA, I learned to show up. I learned to be here with you. I learned to show you my truth. Every day isn't going to be... I mean, I it's been a long time since I hit an emotional bump in the road. So this is very unusual. But with this program and with me sticking close and putting recovery first and being with you people, <laughs> I can get through anything with grace and dignity and my higher power makes that so.